My name is Kara Gott Warner, the Craft Your Confidence Coach and Podcast Coach for Coaches. I believe that a podcast is a powerful medium for connection and community, and inside every conversation is the potential for transformation. So let's get started on yours. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Craft Your Confidence. Today, I am chatting with running rebel Jill Angie of Not Your Average Runner. And Jill first started running over 20 years ago, and all she wanted to do was burn calories and lose weight. And she hated every minute of it. And she was in this constant loop of frustration, punishment, and disappointment. And today I brought her on the show because she's going to share her journey and the mental shifts that she made that helped her to really fall in love with running and to learn how to celebrate her body and to connect with running as this time where she, you know, celebrates creativity and, you know, all that stuff that we talk about here on the podcast. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Jill Angie to the show. Welcome, Jill. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this is great. And I am, I'm just so excited because I really resonate with your story because I'm a runner and like, I love running and moving my body. And I, you know, I have, I have this phrase mantra, movement is my mantra. And I, I've discovered so many gifts from making this part of my life and my business. And so many of my own business ideas, creative ideas, they come from that moment of movement. And I know what they do for you too, which is why I wanted you to come on. And I know that you run, you know, too, right? So you're obviously you're a runner, but you call yourself not your average runner. So I know you're going to talk about where that came from, because I want you to really talk about, you know, that, where, where you came up with that name and and your story. So I want you to dive in. I'm going to shut up now and I'm going to let you just <laughs> talk a little bit about yourself. So go for it. Um, okay. Thank you. So, yeah, so I started running, uh, like you said, um, guys, almost 25 years ago now. And I can't, I can't believe it <laughs> that it's really bet that I can't believe I'm that old to have <laughs> to say that I've been a runner for over 25 years. But, um, I started to, because I thought I needed to lose weight to be happy, right. Which is a mistake that lots of people make. And I thought that running was the best way to help me do that. And, I felt really ashamed of my body and I felt ashamed of the fact that I couldn't run more than, you know, 30 seconds without being out of breath. And so I I would run after dark <laughs> when nobody could see me and I wore these like big baggy clothes because I didn't want anybody to see my body and I just I was frustrated and struggling because I felt like, you know, I'd make a little bit of progress with running and then, you know, my thoughts would get the best of me and I would quit on myself and then I'd have to start all over again. And I kind of went through that cycle a bunch of times, but somewhere along the line, I started to notice how good I felt like after I was running, after I was done, I liked that feeling a lot. <laughs> like yeah. I didn't, at the time, I guess I didn't really know to know that that was just sort of like a side effect of running is that you sort of get this, this endorphin rush after you're finished. And then I started to kind of 
you know, maybe not judge myself so much when I was running and think like, oh, actually running and walking and running and walking doesn't feel so bad. And maybe I could just keep doing it this way. And so it was, it was sort of an evolution, um, over time, but I really started to enjoy running the way I was running because of how it made me feel. And that felt, that was so compelling to me that I stopped being as concerned about what other people might think. But I didn't tell anybody what I was doing. (laughs) I was still kind of doing it in secret. Um, But then eventually I signed up for a 5K and turned out that there were a bunch of people that I worked with that were at this 5K. And, you know, somebody must have said something at work. And next thing I knew, this woman came up to me at work one day And she wasn't somebody I knew really well. She's pretty quiet. And she came up and she like sort of whispered in my ear, I know what you did. And I want you to know that you're my hero. And I was like, wait, what? She's like, I just think it's so amazing that you started running and you make me think that maybe I could do it. And that was sort of a tipping point for me. It was like a a moment where I thought, oh, maybe... (laughs) (laughs) This isn't just about me. And I think from that point forward, I started to become more vocal. And then eventually I realized, hey, I want to do this full time. And so I quit my my corporate job and, and started my own business. And here we are. Wow. That's amazing. Like, it's like these little moments, like when this woman came up to you and, you know, she called you her hero. And then so that you said that was the tipping point. So how did how did things go? from that point forward when you left your job? Like what was next? Well, I thought what I really wanted to do was to be a personal trainer because I actually, uh, in the few years before I quit my job, I had started working with a personal trainer and that was very life-changing for me uh, because she was a, she wasn't somebody that worked at the gym. She was actually a woman. She was a yoga teacher and then she was a personal trainer and she was very much taught me about non-judgment and instead of, you know, feeling like I have to compete with other people to just really be kind of in awe of my own power and find the good in everything. And she taught me a lot of that. And so I, I talk a lot about the inner mean girl. And I think that was the beginning, the true beginning of my journey to stop beating the the crap out of myself all Mm. the time for, um, for, you know, not, living up to my own expectations. Cause even though I'd sort of been on that journey for several years, um, it was still, you know, like I, I hadn't really quite coalesced everything. I had that moment with the woman and I realized, oh, maybe there's more for, for me with running than just weight loss. Maybe there's, you know, something greater for me to do, but it did take another several years until I started working with this personal trainer. And then I decided, hey, I want to help other women feel good about their bodies without having to lose weight. I want to help other women realize that they can be athletes and still be plus size. And so I thought, oh, I'll be a personal trainer and I will train plus size women. So I actually did that. I I built out uh, a studio in my home and uh, I started seeing clients in my home and I was actually pretty successful at doing that. But Simultaneously, I wrote a book about being a plus size runner, which turned out to be a really popular book on Amazon. And I started having all these people reach out to me online and say, hey, can you help me? And I recognized that like, this is, 
this is more than just me being a personal trainer. Like there's a whole bunch of women all over the world that need my help. And that's when I kind of shifted the business into being just a running coach. And I got certified as a Mm -hmm. running coach and a life coach and um, have really sort of dedicated my life (laughs) to helping other women do what I did. That's a beautiful journey. Um, the book, is it still out there? Can people still, can you tell me what the name of it is so so people can go get Absolutely. it? Absolutely. So the original title of the book was Running With Curves. And um, again, it was like downloaded like 100,000 times on Amazon. It's crazy. But when I went to trademark the name, it turns out... <laughs> Oh, Curves, right? The right. Curves, curves name. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and Curves said, no, no, you can't have that name. So I had to come up with a new name. And I, I was like, I don't know, like Running With Curves is the best name I could ever have. I don't know what else I could do. Oh. So I actually hired a branding expert and we talked in detail about my business and my goals and about me and, and my personality and the message I want to spread. And we came up together with Not Your Average Runner. And... Like, as soon as I heard it came out of her mouth first, she said it first, and I was like, oh, that's it, right? Because... I'm plus size and I'm I'm older than, you know, it's not like I'm 20 something, right? I was in my forties and I'm plus size. And yet here I am doing like triathlons and half marathons, like that I'm not the average runner. And, and I knew that that was going to really like speak to other people who are in the same situation because, you know, it, it speaks to, all right, well, you're not average and hey, maybe you're kind of above average because you're doing all this hard mm. stuff when you actually kind of have the deck stacked against you a little bit. So, uh, so yeah, so we did that in 2015. And so that, that's been the business for about six years and, um, super fun, but there actually, there's a version of the book to get back to the running with curves book. I republished it under the title, not your average runner. Mm-hmm. So it actually still is available. Yeah. So it's the same name of your podcast and everything that you do. So you connect the dots there. So, yeah. you know, just someone Googles you and they're going to get everything. And the your podcast is amazing, by the way. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I love it. Thank you. So um, so let's go back to the, the like, so you, you were a personal trainer. Then you were like, okay, I'm going to be a running coach. And then I'm going to be a certified life coach and really focus on the thoughts and the mental side of things, right? The psych- mental, psychological, however you want to phrase that. Um, but like, when did thinking about your, because you, you said something really um, important at the beginning, you noticed how good you felt, right? Instead of, I'm frustrated. I feel shame. I'm running in the dark. But you said, I noticed how I started to feel good, right? So you changed out that scarcity thinking or the feelings with something new, right? And so you just started going with the feeling, right? So when did that shift happen? And And then you said, and then I learned how to silence my inner mean girl. Like, how did you do that from this point of like, you know, really starting from the feelings and the thoughts and all this, all that you do now to help. Cause there is someone listening. That's like, that's nice, but I can't do it. Like, how did, <laughs> right. Yeah. How did you silence your inner mean girl? And then, so how did you do that? And then we'll talk about how you helped inspire women today yeah. no, to do that's- that. And that's a great question because I think in the beginning, I didn't have the thought work tools. I didn't know that my thoughts created my feelings and my feelings drove my actions. Mm -hmm. I just knew 
that I felt better, right? And I I don't even think I could have explained it. I mean, looking back on it, I realized that what was happening is my body felt better. My my body felt physically better after I would run. Like, yes, I was tired, but also like physically, like everything was just sort of like you know, thrumming with excitement, I guess, or I don't, that sounds kind of dirty, yeah. but you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally get it. You're like, I'm a badass. I can do anything. Right. right? right? So like that physical sensation as the circumstance created new thoughts for me of like, yeah, I'm a badass. And wow, I just did that. Or, oh, hey, I ran a little bit farther this time than last time. And then the, um, then, so from the physical sensations, I had thoughts about that. And then the emotions of feeling proud and feeling accomplished kind of kicked in. And then, of course, the action that I took was from that was, oh, hey, I'm going to do this again. And it didn't, I mean, it wasn't like overnight that I started running in the daylight. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It was a, it I mean, was a, it was a gradual it thing. It was a gradual course, process. Yeah. And I think like when you have the tools that, that we both teach, you can actually do it intentionally. And so once I learned those tools, like it was, it, became much a much faster process for me to intentionally kind of shut down the the inner mean girl thinking which is oh you're too fat you're too slow right all of those things like like I learned from becoming a life coach how to mm. intentionally change those thoughts and then it happens a lot faster than it does like the first mm-hmm. time was just sort of a very slow evolution and i think just the right people would appear in my life to help me put another piece of the equation together mm-hmm. and of course that final piece was becoming a life coach and recognizing mm-hmm. like oh this is all within my grasp yeah so so then when you discovered the you know the thought work tools and and, and you you know because you had to learn and uh, eventually over time these became a part of what you do so when did you like start how did how do you help women with these tools. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I, I mean, mm-hmm. on my podcast, I teach the the self-coaching model and I apply it in lots of different situations mm-hmm. because, you know, we all know that the model doesn't apply just to running, right? Or just to building a business. This applies to everything throughout your life. So I kind of teach how, you know, hey, if the action that you want to take is being consistent with your running, well, what's the emotion that you need to feel to be taking that action? And then what do you need to be thinking to generate that emotion? So a lot of times we sort of back into the model. <laughs> like, right. That's why I that wanted way. to go back to the feelings because yeah. it's like the feeling, oh man, that's what I need. And I can yeah. start, I can have that anytime I want to, instead of being, you know, in that unintentional model of like, uh, you know, I'm here to lose, I want to lose weight. Why isn't the scale going down? You know, all that stuff. So yeah, we can talk on that point, uh, you know, about thought work because the listeners of of this podcast totally understand this language. So yeah. Okay. So you should, you really, you started with the feeling, you showed women how to really be able to use the tool to start with the feeling. Is that, would, would that be accurate about kind of how you kind of dive into it. I mean, that's one way to do it. Yeah, that is one way. And I think I approach it a bunch of different ways. Like how do you want to feel about running? Or, you know, sometimes I ask the question, what beliefs do you have about yourself? And then I'll say, let's put that in a model and see what result that gets for you. And so if their belief is, 
I'm too slow to be a runner. I'm like, oh, well, how do you feel when you think that thought, right? And Mm. usually it's very discouraged. And I'm like, okay, well, when you feel discouraged, how do you show up for your running? And the answer is usually I don't. And so we kind of look at the belief systems and show how they are creating a result that's not maybe working so well. And then like, okay, what belief system do we need to create to get the result that you do want? So that's like, I think that's another way, like closing the gap between the belief system that you need to create your result versus the belief system you have now. And, um, and then, you know, just one of the things that I teach my students, both on the podcast and, and, you know, the, the clients that I have is on a daily basis, just looking at your thinking, like just kind of take it out of your brain and put it down on a piece of paper and look at it and say, all right, if I spend my day thinking like that, what's my day going to be like? Yeah. <laughs> How's right. it going to go? Right. And, and if my thoughts are like, yeah, I'm ready to slay the day. And, you know, I, I can't wait to go to this meeting and do this and do that. Then like, yeah, I'm probably gonna have an awesome day. But if my thoughts are nothing is working or, um, you know, I'm so tired of X, Y, or Z, well then, yeah, you're probably not going to have the best day. And how can we shift that in the beginning to stack the deck for you? And that includes like, how can we stack the deck so that you get out there and you have the best run possible? Yeah. I love that because, you know, it's the crappy thoughts equal crappy results. It's Mm -hmm. that simple, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's not about like, so we talk about it, right? But it's about doing it, right? You said, put your thoughts on paper. So instead of saying, yeah, that sounds great. Let me try that. Let me think about it. It's really about doing the work on paper, right? Yeah, That's like a magical part of the whole experience too. Um, And then we just practice it every day over and over and over. Yeah. Well, and I wait, I love what you just said about like, let me think about that versus putting it on paper because I don't, don't you find that when you are, oh, I'm just going to think about it. You can't be objective because you're in your own brain and you're like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. Right? Like we don't, we don't question our thoughts as, as closely or as, you know, objectively when they're in our brain as we do when we see them written down and we're like, oh, what? Totally. No. <laughs> yeah. You know how I like to think of the thought model is it's like a Venn diagram of my thoughts, of my brain. It's like, remember the days of, um, I don't know if you did this in school, but in English class, you used to do these thing, things that were called, um, oh my gosh, what was it called? A diagram, maybe? I don't even remember what when the name like of it was. When you like deconstruct a sentence? Yes. Oh gosh, yes. Oh my gosh. That I feel like back. the thought model, I know, I never, I was never good at those things. <laughs> um, I was like, I don't know. I'm, anyway, we, that, that's another episode. Um, but yeah, but I think of it like that, this like diagram, like this, you know, that it's, and we're, we're truly like able to analyze and break it down. And it's not hard rocket science. Yeah. I know I'm saying it like it sounds like it is. It's like breakthroughs and like mind explosions, like, oh my gosh, I look at what I'm thinking. It's right there on paper. Yeah. And we can really break it down in a very simple way and just look at our thoughts and how they, just like you were saying before, they drive our feelings and those feelings trigger how we show up. It's like, we're a verb in our life. And that's the part that's like, oh my goodness, like, look what I'm doing. In this case, it's like, if we're feeling good, we show up as the verb of I'm running and I feel I'm like, I can do anything. And it doesn't matter what I look like. I'm just, oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. So that's going to give you like 
beautiful results. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think one of the things that I like to do, like just kind of talking about diagramming your your thought work. And like one of the things that I teach my people is to do it in a spreadsheet so that you have to like really analyze it. But I also love the idea of like writing out all of your thoughts for the day and then going through and like underlining, okay, these are circumstances. These are emotions. These are actions and like categorizing. And you can see like, oh, wow, there's like two circumstances in this whole page. (laughs) So you spreadsheet, you do as like you kind of- Sometimes, yeah. Wow. So you'll take like, do you have like a column for thoughts and circumstances and feelings? And then you just kind of see what happens in a given day. Is that kind of the the gist of it or- Well, I think sometimes what I'll do is I'll take a circumstance in my life, right? And maybe it's, I don't know, like- my bank account balance or my weight or like, like data, I'll put that in column one. And then in column two, I'll just write all the thoughts I have about it. And then next to each one of those thoughts, which gets a different line, I write, well, this is the emotion that I feel when I think that thought. And then from that emotion, then I write the action. And so I can see like, these are all the actions Uh, you know, I might be taking in response to this circumstance based on all the different thoughts and emotions that I have. And like, Mm. then I put the results and I'm like, okay, well, these are the results that I want. These are the results that I don't want. Which thoughts do I need to delete? Like, it's just a kind of a fun, interesting way to, to do thought work. And then the other thing that I teach to, uh, to teach this in your class and your mastermind or in your, uh, yeah, I taught it. um, I taught it at a retreat last fall and I'll be, I'll probably be rolling it out like to all of my, uh, all my clients going forward, but there's the spreadsheet model for like the super analytical people. And then I teach the mind map model, which is Mm. put your circumstance in the middle of a blank piece of paper and then draw your thoughts out, right. And draw the feelings and like do it. And, and I kind of encourage the analytical people to do the mind map and the mind map people to do Mm. the analytical, just to kind of make their brain work a little bit differently. It's so fun. It's so much fun. <laughs> it is. I I love making it very visual. I I'm big on mind maps, and I use those in my practice mm. with my clients as well because we're we're creative ladies, and yeah, it's just. But I love this the spreadsheet side too because I've got personally. I'm creative and I also have a very strategic brain, and it's it's a weird thing, but. I embrace both and I, yeah. I use the best of both, of both yeah. worlds. Um, this is good. So um, so my main audience is women who are really into craft, right? They embody their craft and they're really interested in self-improvement. So how do you think that running can help enhance creative creativity, creative ideas? Like how, how do you think that that helps? It's, oh, it's everything. (laughs) I know. Like what a loaded question, but I want to go down this path a little bit. Well, and it's funny. I've thought a lot about why, well, because I find that my brain like kicks into hyperdrive sometimes when I'm running and I'm just like hit with all these ideas to the point that sometimes I'll have to pull my phone out and just like do some voice memos and be like, these are things you need to follow up on later. Um, you know, I'll come up with ideas for podcasts or like, oh, I'll be thinking about a client. I'll be like, oh gosh, this is exactly what I need to do to help that person. And, or, you know, (laughs) another thing I like to do when I'm running is to kind of like stalk other people's houses and landscaping. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I do that in the, in the summer. I'm like, oh, I really want those flowers. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So fun. 
I, I love that. And you know, it's, I have to just say this because like what you just said, voice memos and ideas for other episodes, that's what happens to me. Sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, please stop. But here's the thing. My first podcast that I started in 2014 was that I said, you know what? I'm going to turn these voice memos into a podcast. <gasps> oh, that's so And so brilliant. that was my first podcast. And have you ever heard of the of um, the Miracle Morning? Yes. Okay. He reached he reached out to me a month after I started the podcast and said, "Do you take guests?" And I'm like, "Hmm, I do now." And it was from turning this little like idea of like, okay, I have all these things in my head, so maybe I should just turn it into a podcast. <laughs> Isn't that Stop hilarious? It. That is so cool. Yeah. Right. Was, and like, and now yeah. here you are, just just from it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I really geeked out from that point forward. He was like the catalyst. It's almost like you having that early, like the woman that said, you're my hero, like him reaching out and saying, do you have guests? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's amazing. Those simple moments that are just like life-changing for you because and podcasting is, you know, it's my jam. It, it is. Oh, yeah. And now I have to go back and listen to that episode with the two of you because that's... <laughs> Well, it was my first podcast, which is no, this is where the other regret is. I mean, whatever, things happen for a reason. I was, you know, new. It was like, I was just learning the ropes. And really back then it was a pocket podcasting for me. And um, that, that uh, the podcast, the morning cool down is what I called it. <laughs> it's not around anymore. So, um, you know, the, the podcast that I have now, Craft Your Confidence was once called Power Pearls podcast for knitters and creatives. And I rebranded it re really only two months ago to craft your confidence. So unfortunately, I'd have to dig into my, thank goodness I've saved everything in Google Drive. So I may just have to re-release another iteration of oh the morning gosh. cool down. What do you think? You think 100%, I should figure it out? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's going to happen. But anyway, I was asking you, so you've got these so you go out, you run, like how it improves your creativity and your ideas. You do the voice memos. Um, you think of how you can help someone, like other other ways that you can see how someone who wants to get into this, like move, just even if it's for 10 minutes, how it's such a big part of you. We said this in the pre-chat, it's part of your business, right? Like to, it's almost like imperative that you move so that you can gather all this, all these ideas. It really is. And I think, I mean, I get all these amazing ideas when I'm running or um, mostly when I'm running, I think, because I'm by myself. Because when I'm on, when I'm when I'm working with my personal trainer, right, like it's very like much a dialogue and she's kind of like helping me. And so I'm not in my own head as much. And the same when I'm on the Peloton, right, like I'm enjoying the music and whatever the, the, whoever the teacher is. So I'm, I'm not in my head as much, but when I'm running, it's just me in my head. Cody's my favorite, by the way. Just oh my God, me there. too. I just <laughs> love, love him. <laughs> I just love him so much. I know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love that you said that. Um, he's the best. Like he's he just is. so inspirational. Like I, I leave mm. his workouts feeling like I am just it unstoppable. Yes. Um, yes. but I think the, the, one of the best things that I get out of running is that when I start running, my brain might be a little bit negative, right? Like there might be some like residual thoughts that I haven't cleaned up or I'm just not feeling it that day. And I go anyway. And by the end of my run, I watch my brain go from a place of negativity to a place of 
you know, confidence, I guess, is like, like, I don't end a run thinking, oh, I don't know if I can do whatever it is I'm thinking about. I end every run thinking, oh, yeah, I got this. I'm unstoppable. Mm. And I think that shift in and of itself, like, even if I didn't get a single idea, just shifting my brain from a place of I can't to I can, even if it's like a 15, 20 minute run, right? Even if it's not like a a really long run, that is so valuable because it sets me up for success for the rest of the day. And the more you hear your brain saying, yeah, you're a rock star. Yeah, you can do anything you want. You start to believe it. <laughs> And then it becomes true. <laughs> yeah. Like unstoppable. I love that you just said that. I just like, be, because this morning I, I, you know, I went out for, I went to the gym, went for a run and I thought earlier, like before that, I'm like, no, maybe not. Maybe I should just, you know, organize myself a little bit more and really like dig into what this, you know, what this uh, interview could be like with, with Jill. And I want to make it amazing. And I'm like, okay, you're going to make it amazing, but getting your ass to the gym, <laughs> Exactly. And, and get it, you know, and exactly. And it's like, you know, it's like you go from that feeling of like, uns, from feeling like limited and like, oh, well, you know, I don't really have time. And like you just said it too. It's like 10 minutes can make you feel unstoppable. <laughs> yep. Right? Just it's 10 amazing. Minutes. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so once you get out of that thought of like, I'm doing, I want to run to lose weight. That's a whole other episode. Cause I think a lot of people are stuck and I know you have episodes about that. So people can listen to your podcast, but like that, this idea of it's been so ingrained into us that we have to like exercise or exercise is about losing weight. And it is so not a sustainable way to lose weight. Like that is, it's about celebrating our body, right? It's mm -hmm. about celebrate moving and, and feeling these like happy juices and these uns feeling unstoppable. And, and just like, this is why we were on this earth to move that body, right? Mm -hmm. One of the reasons we're on this earth, right? But um, so I think that where am I going with this? I'm going down a, down a rabbit hole. Uh-oh. But like, I just want people to like leave feeling like it's not about that. It's about, I want to feel amazing. And if I just get 10 minutes in, yeah. even if it's a walk, yeah. a slow walk to like, look at the sky. I mean, I know there's snow everywhere right now in a lot of places. You're, I think you're in New Jersey, right? I am. Oh, no. And yeah, it is I'm, literally snowing right this very moment. Yeah. I, I'm a Jersey girl, by the way. Yay! Right? Yeah. I could hear it in your voice. You can tell, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, tell. I don't live in, I live in Indiana, so I can live vicariously through you. I moved here years ago for like a, a job and this is like where we are, but that's a whole other story. But yeah, I'm so, I'm such a Jersey girl. Um, but anyway, so can you speak to those who are caught in that limiting thought loop, I'm too old, I'm out of shape, my knees hurt, you know, I don't want people to see me run slow or how slow I am or whatever limiting thoughts they have identified. What advice would you give this person right now? Um, I mean, the, the first thing I want to tell everybody is, you know, those are just thoughts that you don't need to believe. But most people are like, uh, that's nice for you, but that doesn't work for me, right? Like if you're brand mm -hmm. new to thought work, it's very, you're like, no, no, you don't understand. I'm different and here's why. Right. So what I like to say sometimes is if you didn't believe that, how would your life be different? And just mm. like, like imagine a world where you didn't believe you were too old, not that you're younger, right? Like our age is still the same, but in response to our age, instead of thinking I'm too old, we thought something different 
Like, how would your life change? How would you show up differently? And I think very often that's enough for somebody to just like stop and and step away from their belief system long enough to recognize, oh, maybe there are other options. So I would start there and just like, hey, if you didn't have that belief, what would your life be like? What, how would you show up differently? Mm. Yeah. And, and look at examples in our life that we've seen people do that. Um, I think of a fellow coach, you know, Janet Archer, like how oh, she became a coach. <laughs> I know she's amazing. Um, she became a coach in her early sixties, I think. Right. And then yeah. she was talking in one of the coaching, you know, like successful coaches podcast that Brooke did recently, Brooke Castillo. And she talked about like, look at me now. I'm making like the most money I've ever made in my life. And she's like 72, I think. I know. Isn't that it's amazing? amazing? Yes. It's so amazing. And then I think of my, I don't know why I thought about this, but my, my grandmother who passed when she was 99. And I remember at her, um, you know, at her 90th, um, her 90th birthday, she said, someday I'm going to buy a condo. I remember when she said that she was 90. I and love I was like, that. God bless her. Right. It's like, yeah. And she meant it. She wasn't kidding. That's the interesting part. Right. So her thought was like, I'm just going to keep going. And she did until she was 99 and she just happily played her piano. And anyway, but well, it's just, I, I love that yeah. so much though, because it just shows that like you have options. Like when you're 90 years old, you can think, Oh, that's it. My life's almost over. Or you can think someday I'm going to buy a condo, right? Which of those thoughts do you think is going to like make the rest of your remaining mm. years more fun? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because we are the master of, of what we think, but we just somehow get into this idea, like what we think is true, yeah. <laughs> right? That's the problem because we we keep repeating the same stuff. So that's why exactly. it feels so true, Exactly. but we get to think differently. And thank you for that advice. Cause I think it's going to really land really well with people. I feel like we need a sequel to this episode. <laughs> I love this. I love this so much. Seriously, Jill, I thank you. So, um, but I've, I know your time is valuable and um, I would love for you to toot your own horn and share where, you know, how people can learn about you. Do you have a, a special event, um, you know, a mastermind, something coming up that people could, you know, jump on now? I, so depending on when this podcast, when this episode airs, um, at the end of, well, my, my next event is coming up at the beginning of April and you can sign up for it starting at the end of March. And it's a, uh, half day masterclass on how to become a consistent exerciser. And wow. we work on excuses. We work on, um, reasons why you want to be an exerciser, um, and we do something that I like to, I teach what I like to call the excuse personality. And so in that class, I teach you like, if you're not consistently exercising, like here's like, let's figure out what is your standard like type of excuse. And then I actually have, you know, workarounds for every single one of those types of excuses so that you can like, because what works for one person doesn't always work for another person. So I help people like personalize oh, their wow. thought work to the way they normally, like the types of thoughts they usually use that keep them stuck. So that's coming up at the beginning of April. 
Um, but if you want to uh, start running now, right, start becoming a consistent, consistent exerciser now, if you just head to my website, which is notyouraveragerunner.com, at the very top of the page, there is a free 30-day training program. You can just download that, and you'll also be signed up for any alerts when I have uh, new classes coming up because in um, the middle of April or the end of April, I have to ha- ask yeah. my assistant for the exact dates, I'm teaching my next um, my next running class, which is called the Rebel Runner Roadmap, and that helps you get up and running, um, and it combines the uh, foundational skills of running with the foundational skills of thought work together into one magical course. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. So yeah, it will make sure that this releases in time for people to sign up for your half day masterclass and take advantage of the, you know, the 30 day training program and any, anything else that you have coming up yeah, soon. So super fun. And just yeah. check out the podcast. Cause I'm constantly on the podcast. And it, of course, it does and have the podcast. an explicit rating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, good. Cause I said, I didn't say anything. When I say badass, and then I said, uh, get your ass to the gym or something. So that's as, that's about as explicit as I get on this. Yeah, mine <laughs> mine is a little bit more explicit. As you oh no, it's all know. good. But um, so I just like to warn people, like, hey, maybe don't listen to it in the car with your kids the, the kiddies, first couple yeah. times. Yeah, oh, that's um, so good. Unless you know, unless you're cool with that, in which case yeah. that's fine. Um, well, this yeah, is great. yeah. So thank you so much for yeah. having me. This has been a lovely discussion. Yeah. Thank you for, for doing this. I really, I think this is, everyone just is going to get so much out of this and you guys go check all this stuff out. So Jill, thank you for joining me on this episode today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, I hope you love that episode. Um, but before you go, I just want to let you know that I open two to three spots on my calendar every single week when I release a new episode. So grab one now while you can so we can talk about your next chapter. This is a complimentary one-on-one coaching session with me. So if you're ready to roll up your sleeves and get to work, let's chat because the transformation happens inside the conversation. Go to karagotwarner.com forward slash work with Kara to set up your session on my calendar today. Again, there's only a couple spots that I open up every week and then they're gone. All right, take care and I'll see you in the next episode. Mm